TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. Oh, yes. You know our theme song. This is our theme song for If It's Free, You're the Commodity. And uh, basically, uh, the reason I bring this up is because in the recent Inspector General's report that came out on this whole mess going on with uh, the FBI, turns out uh, Jim Comey was using a Gmail account to do personal FBI, to do business, uh, not personal business, but to, to do business, FBI business. And again, the reason it's free or the commodity, right? Gmail's free. So I guess Google's reading his email. <laughs> Who knows what they're doing with it? But uh, it's kind of funny in that he really chastised Hillary Clinton for her personal email server and then uses a personal Gmail account because he didn't have the technology in his home and he had to email himself work. So guys, if you circumvent your company's rules and email company data through Gmail to get it at home so you can type a document and then email it back, you're breaking all the rules to keep your data safe. You can't send it through the Gmail system. Now, he said it was unclassified. Well, that's great. But why does Google need to know what the FBI director is doing? Why should they know? I mean, they're reading the mail uh, to make sure they can market to him. I mean, maybe they're going to market to him some sort of weapon or something. Like that. Who knows what they're going to send? What kind of ads he would get in his browser because he's using Gmail? I guess imagine what an FBI guy would get. Maybe uh, some security stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, pepper <laughs> pepper spray or who knows what they're going to get. Good, Great body armor. I have no idea. But the point is circumventing – I mean, this is the FBI. Circumventing email rules while you're investigating someone else for email rules is just – it's just classic. Come on. This is our government, folks. Stop doing this. Uh, you know, Obviously, people put their personal email systems together like that to hide stuff. Uh, that's why she did it. Uh, but he, he just did it because he was trying to get something done and didn't have the technology at home to do it through the FBI the right way. So he figures, what the heck? That's just not how it's supposed to work, folks. Feel free to get online at 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll put the link up there for you. You can read the story yourself. Let's go to Michael in Cromwell. Hey, Mike, what's up? Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. I was just curious. Um, I have Google. I use Google Chrome. Uh, I'm still on, believe it or not, a Windows 7 operating system. Sure. That's still pretty um, popular. Yeah, no, I love it. But I have a VASC for my security. I always think of pirates. And- yeah. And it asked me the last time because I did an update, you know, and with it, and then um, I got this um, screen that said, um, "Go to our Avast Internet Browser." Oh, they want to I sell you a browser. They had a browser, right? Mm. Is that? What do you think? What's your opinion on their browser? We've never used it. Um, yep. There's plenty of great solutions out there. I mean, Google browsers, a Chrome is a good browser. Firefox is a good browser. Uh, those two are, right. are awesome. I've never heard of Avast, so I don't think yeah. I would recommend it. 
Okay, yeah, and I didn't. I just, um, like I said, just left it alone. But I just figured before I do it, I tried to get do some research on it, but I really didn't fight, figure anything out on my own. But, yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. I love Chrome, so I'll just stick to what that's doing. Yeah, for now it works pretty well. All right. I appreciate it. So Windows 7, I'm okay. I don't have to worry about Are they going to be ending soon like um, um, Windows XP did at one point? Yes, 2020. 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got a year right, and a half. Yeah. All right. All right, Mike. All right, well, I, I thank you guys. And if anybody did that, have a great Father's Day. Yeah, yeah. Thank thanks. You. you too. All right. You're welcome. Yeah. Right. Thanks again, you guys. Yep. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, there's too many. If they're going to come up with third-party browsers like that, I don't know that I would jump over to them. Well, it's supposed to be a special secure browser, mm. so that's so that to to secure your browsing. <laughs> if you believe that, <laughs> yeah, browsing is probably the least secure out there. Actually, if you think about it too, there's a little bit of a misnomer out there when it comes to that little lock on your browser. Um, it does mean that when you're communicating with the other side, whether it be your bank or whether it be a, even even our website at Tab Inc., it does show that it's locked. So that means your communications are encrypted. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's safe because the bad guys these days are actually coming up with their own sites that are phishing sites that look just like financial sites, banking sites, legitimate sites. They're going to even put the little lock in there. So that if they can trick you to go over to their site and you see the little lock, you're going to be, again, more apt to type the information in. Um, and so don't just assume because the lock is there that it's that you're safe. It just means that the communication between this, the, the, the folks offering you the website and you is encrypted. But if they're bad guys and they put up the fake site, they're going to put the little lock there too. So don't assume it's necessarily safe. I know it sucks that I'm telling you this because it's just, you're like, when, when can I assume anything is safe, Eric? I'm going to tell you, you can't, <laughs> period. Uh, but don't assume it's more safe just because you see the lock because plenty of these guys are putting up these phishing sites to make it look legit. Certificates don't cost that much money. Very cheap. Even the bad guy will pay for the certificate if he thinks you're going to put in all his all the information that he wants from your bank account or whatever you're typing in. Whatever he's tricking you to go check check out, he's going to try to trick you to give it all to him. Oh, we got uh, her. a uh, spam or spoof at uh, actually a tab. We did a test a on you guys. Text. You guys did it. We did the test. Uh, I didn't open the I did, I opened the email, but I didn't click on the link. I right. I just closed it. I said this ain't right. So many companies, including us, we do a test to make sure our folks are not going to get tricked by phishing emails. And so we sent a test within our company and uh, to figure out how many of our own IT geeks internally and regular staff would open the message, number one, and then number two, type in the credentials it was asking for. And because people are human, some folks typed in their credentials. <laughs> now, we, again, have a technology that we offer through Patrol Dog that will actually block a link like that from occurring in your business. So we can protect our customers from those types of phishing emails if they're known um, so that they can't get through to your employees. But we figured we'd do a test on our own folks. And yeah, you open the email. I opened it, too. You're, you're opening it is step one. Step two would be putting in the credentials. Um, and so we're all human, right? And these phishing schemes, they're, they're going to make it look like it's a, it's a legitimate email from X number, you name the business, and uh, they're going to want you to put the credentials in. Never do it. I don't even care if it is legitimate. There, should, there are companies out there that do communicate with email and for legitimate reasons, and they really shouldn't be communicating for some of the things that they're communicating with. So they're, they're kind of conditioning you to actually put some of this stuff in, in some cases. So I have a shortcut on my desktop I use. 
<laughs> to uh, to where you're going to go. To where the phishing email wanted me to go. <laughs> you put a shortcut there? Well, I have a shortcut on my desktop because, you know, we have to go into that site to do our vacation time. Well, not and- that site. If you went to that site, it would be the phishing site. That's why we knew about it. The real site is a separate site. I see what you're saying. You have the legitimate site. Right. I got you. So it said we were supposed to go. It had the right thing. It looked legitimate for for, uh, paychecks. Yeah, vacation time. All right. And so I said, well, wait a minute. I just did did this a couple weeks ago. Right. Heck with it. You ignored it. (laughs) Besides that, you know. Yeah. I would would have closed it if I'm going to go in. Right. Because I I looked at my conscious. I'm not doing this. Exactly. <laughs> and that's good. So, again, only a few folks did. But the point is, uh, doing a test like that regularly within your business is important for security. Um, so these phishing schemes are very uh, good, and they will trick you into putting in information that you shouldn't be putting in. And um, so there's there's services that we work with to make sure we can offer that to our customers. Well, you know, that's uh, it's a great uh, tool running the test because then it gives you a clue as to who you need to educate. Mm-hmm. For you know, don't yeah. click on those links. Exactly. And again, you can put tools in to prevent them in the first place. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Four lines wide open on this gorgeous Saturday morning. We have links to also the stuff we talked about earlier, including the news articles. And if you're looking for that Wi-Fi extender uh, through your power lines, we put a link up to TP-Link, uh, which offers a good a bunch of options for you as far as uh, those types of devices. So you can, you can browse that as well. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC on this gorgeous Saturday morning. We do appreciate it. Uh, Let's get right to your calls. We're going to go to Bill in Windsor next. Hey, Bill, what's up? Good morning. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. I have a quick question on on an email. I have my own domain. I have an email on it. I was setting it up on my uh, Mac Mail and then on my iPhone. Okay. And it's it's on my iPhone as an iMap, but for some reason it's showing up on a computer as a POP3. Is it possible to be both? You would set that, right, Bob? You can choose that. Oh, yeah. So yeah. It's, okay. it's not POP3 is more of an exchange type of connection. It's not the same as a POP or an iMap connection. Okay, because I called Comcast about it, and the technical service person that I was on the phone had no idea what a pop email was, which kind of astonished me. <laughs> uh, and it I should. asked, can I speak to somebody in the technical service on the emails? And she identified herself as such a person. Oh, brother. And I, I really have nothing more to say on that. Oh, my goodness. Um, that stinks. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. But uh, you d- you would want to set it up as an IMAP in your in your um, mail your mail tool there through through Apple. You're out, it's an Apple correct. mail. It's, you said it's an Apple a mail client? Right. Yeah, so you'd want to set the account as an IMAP because it is one from your provider. Mm-hmm. And you have okay. to set the right SSL ports and all that fun stuff. Yes, I that that's another one that's working, so I just copied it. Just, okay. Just for edic- okay. edification, in yeah. case people want to know, POP stands for Post Office Protocol, and we're on basically version 3. So POP3 is Post Office Protocol version 3, and IMAP is Internet Mail Application Protocol. Just so you know what it means. Sure. The acronym. Mm-hmm. All right, Bill. Okay. Eric, also, I yeah. have a similar situation as you would wanting to maintain an old, old phone nut line. About the time I changed one of my fax lines to an email to Nextiva, oh, yeah. I decided I was going to get rid of my home phone. But I, same situation. I wanted to keep the number because some people still have it. Right. What I ended up doing is I went to Walmart, bought a 
$15 track phone. Yep. And I ported that home phone number over to my track phone. So now for $99 a year and uh, 1100-something minutes, I got out of it. I okay. got rid of the home service for 100 bucks a year. All right. My option's cheaper, but that still works. Okay. <laughs> no, if you keep it score at home. They still, still want a phone. Uh, exactly. Now, that's a way to do it. There's many ways to get get rid of that home line and, and stop paying that constant bill. So, yeah. I hear you. I, just I know how you were doing it, but that was just another option. How it is. I approached it. And yeah. It's it cheaper, but then 99 is still cheaper than what the phone company was charging. You're right, sir. You're right. Okay. Thanks very much. Have a great day. I appreciate your help. Yeah, of course, Bill. You too. Okay. Um, not, I don't mean to give him a hard time, but I always look for the – I would love to get rid of the silly number. Connecticut is one of the uh, states that has the highest proportion of people that still have landlines yep. of all the other states in the union. Everybody else has figured out yeah. that it's cheaper to drop the landline. <laughs> people just – we just you know, land of steady habits over here, you know. I don't know. It is what it is. Let's go on to uh, Roy in Meriden next. What's up, Roy? Hi. Hi. Uh, first place, uh, uh, I, I, I'm a programmer. I build my own computer, so I know what you're talking about for the most part. Oh, great. Let's forget the networking and then forget it. <laughs> okay. But anyways, I have an MSI laptop. Yep. And I put I had a spare SSD lying around. It has a dual uh, compartment for uh, drives. So okay. I put an extra my an SSD, another SSD in. Nice. IFixit.com. It's a great site. It, you can, it tells you how to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And anyways, yesterday, I, I do videos, and I was doing a bunch of videos and filling up the drive. Yep. And a message came up saying, it's 25% full. You have to get stuff off of it, or the life of the SSD will decrease. Hmm. So does that mean that an SSD is only good for three quarters of whatever it's rated for? I've never seen that message before. Have you ever seen that message, Bob? Yeah, I think that uh, there's a number of things. It uses uh, space when it's moving things around, and uh, you you really need a lot of space. Um, it has to do its own uh, repair. Uh, it has a different thing uh, for defragging. Uh, I forget what the uh, command is off the top of my head. Haven't had to use it for a while, right? But he's talking about shortening the lifespan. But that doesn't make make any sense that you only get seventy five percent of your drive space. Um, that's kind of what your question is, right, Roy? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it, to me, it's I got a lot of extra drives because again, I do video. Yeah. No, so it's not a big issue. It just it seems to me like people are maybe if this is true, people should be aware of when they buy a one terabyte drive, they're getting seven fifty. Well, yeah, that's that's been the case in even in the old style hard drives when you bought X number of terabytes and then when you put well, the yeah, geometry in twenty four instead of really a thousand, but still, I mean, this is beyond that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a big chunk. Um, hmm. I've I, never seen this before because I've never really filled up one before. So I mean, yeah, I've never seen that error before either. You'd think we would have by now because um, we have. I think it came from the MSI computer and not really from Windows ten. So it could be something within I've, their controller. Go ahead. Ben. I've got a link to an article about the same thing on the MSI website. Oh, maybe it's an MSI scenario or an MSI so, issue within their controller. Um, they might be protecting something, but it could have to do with how their controller deals with solid-state drives, um, having to do with how it performs, how it bottlenecks. How I mean, solid-state, you want it to really be rip-roaring fast. 
And yeah. maybe once it gets to a certain capacity, it, it doesn't uh, perform as well. But I can't imagine it affecting lifespan. There are limits to how much read and write you can do on a solid-state drive. I understand that, yes. So, I put, uh, matter of fact, I just put my last build, I put an M.2 in on the PCI. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, does it boot up. Oh, yeah. Quick. That's where oh. <laughs> that's really the best spot for SSDs, as far as I'm concerned, for computers yeah. is really on the boot side. And then for video editing, you know, you could have an area on your SSD to do current videos, but then you'd move them off to a traditional drive. Well, I did that. I did that. Okay. I I just wondering if you had heard of this. No, or, you know, I haven't. I haven't heard of it, and we're looking doing some more lookup. But we'll put the link from MSI that Bob found, so you can find it. You know, the answer specifically as to why they're doing it. But I don't have any other technical reason as to why they're doing that. We're aware of, and we do a lot of SSDs for our CAD clients, and we've never. I've never seen this error. Bob's never seen this error in his pra- in our practice. So it's something. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, so much. I'll, I'll look at that article. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for calling in, Roy. Show, by the way, I've been I've been listening to it since it started. Twenty two years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, thank you. Well, you no, know, I don't know everything. You don't even know everything. Oh, we don't. No, heck no. Uh, you gotta listen to these shows. I listen to you, the gardening shows. You know, whatever. Yeah. To find out stuff. No, that's great. We're glad you do. Ten eighty is here to do that, so it's awesome. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Roy. Bye. 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 Yeah. I. If I want to learn anything about gardening, I listen to Garden Talk. Same thing with finance. I mean, listen Pet to talk, all the great shows, Pet talk. talk. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, 1080 is awesome for that. And we appreciate you guys listening to us. We definitely don't know everything. That's why we have a team at Tab. <laughs> exactly. Um, go to the bottom here, Mike. 28. Okay. So we'll get right back to your calls. You're nice enough to join us. Let's go to Don and Canton. You there, Don? Hey, down here. I, I had you on speakerphone. So sure. Had a, anyway, uh, just wondering what you your uh, what you think of, of Windows Defender, and uh, they, there's, a, there's a thing in Windows Defender called Control Folder Access. We're supposed to be able to control uh, or prevent uh, attacks to, to files on your computer, folders hmm. on your computer, on the computer. I, I've got those that you know. I guess notifications turned on, but I get. During the course of a day, this is I got Windows 10 now for from you know less than a year, but yeah, um, I get when I'm on, I get uh, notifications constantly of threats, uh, pop-ups come up through you know through Windows Defender, hmm. and this control folder access is you know we we prevented this attack in this folder, this but it goes on it's like every every couple of seconds. Oh yeah, we have. I tried, so okay, so okay. we're coming, we're going to come across a hard break. Can I hold you over and Don and we'll talk about it after the break? Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot. All right, we'll thanks. do that. So we're yeah. going to hold Don thanks over and uh, get more to his question. Mark and Marty, also hang on. One line open for you, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. We're here until 11 o'clock. Everything we talked about has been posted, Facebooked, tweeted, so you don't have to remember the, the links that will be there for you. We'll be right back. Well, I'm going to go back anyways. No bumper music. It's okay, Mike. <laughs> He's like, what's going on with the computers in here? We have nothing to do with it. So we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. And uh, let's get back to your calls. We've got Don in Canton, and uh, he was talking about Windows Defender. Are you still there, Don? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yep. Okay. So there is a new function, I guess, uh, of Windows Defender where you can enable that controlled folder access. And your big question is, I can't believe how many hits I'm getting, Correct. That, that's correct. Yeah. You know, you know what I did. I, I, it's at the lower right. It's Windows 10 in the lower right-hand uh, corner. I call it the, I don't know, the task bar or the, yeah. the tray, the bottom tray there. 
there is a little there is a thing it's called notifications right uh, and it shows up and that's that's where it flashes from so you know like in in the search bar right next to the windows icon there i I typed in notifications yeah and i I got an area system notifications and I turned that I turned that off because you're getting so know. many. I don't, yeah, I don't know if that was the right thing to do. I don't know what I was doing. I was just, I just said it was on or off, and it said notifications. Well, you can turn them back. I, uh, go ahead. You can turn them back on. It's okay. But if, they're, if you're driving you bonkers, then there's another issue, right? Because you obviously could have malware hitting your system. Yeah, I was. That's right. Well, you know, after the, I, I was on, on the program last week. You mentioned malware bikes. Yeah. Malware bikes. I downloaded that. I get the, the the premier one is or the is good for a week, and I gotta pay for the renewal. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, I downloaded that and also Sea uh, Cleaner. I did, I did them both. Yep. But uh, did you find anything? You know, was, yeah, they've been uh, they've been pre- they seem to be active protection. You know, the, the malware bites has come up with a few things already. Yep. Oh sure. In a couple of days, but uh, but the notifications. I was thinking if I just turned off. I don't know if this is the correct logic. If I turned off the, uh, if I was able to turn off that switch, mm-hmm. that I would still get the protection, yeah, but not get get bothered by the notification. The answer technically would be yes. So you've turned on Windows okay. Defender is going to do its job, but you're not going to see just how many problems you're having. But you're also not going to see other problems. Any other notifications that come up on that screen that don't have to do with Windows Defender won't be notifying you either. I got you. So I you, got you. That, I would turn. I would turn off. I would turn off that that protection, frankly. Um, it's going to drive you bonkers. And you can also have a lot of false positives. And if you use OpenDNS as your DNS IPs, yes. I would bet that you would be much safer. Do you use those now or no? Well, I was looking at OpenDNS. I've got yet to do that. I guess that that's not a download. That's, that's right from the cloud, I guess, right? It's not a download, correct. You just make a change to your IP addresses, and now you'll surf right. safe, more safely and you'll have less people hitting on your system um, than you would if you stay on the wild, wild west of your ISP's DNS system. So yeah, yeah. that's what I would do. I would turn off that defender notification on the other side. I would turn off those protected folders, although they're trying to help you if you go to OpenDNS. Um, or you can leave it running, and you might find that there's less hits driving you bonkers anyways because you're on the OpenDNS um, Internet. I gotcha. So, yeah, the control folder access. You're saying turn the control folder access off. That yeah, because that could be driving you bonkers as far as all these hits that you're supposedly getting, unless they're legitimate. Oh, it is. If they're legitimate, it's like every. Yeah, but if they're legitimate, Don, you're you're clearly are not. You're clearly in in trouble. You know, if you're getting right. so many malware hits now across our client base of like we've talked about the six thousand systems plus that we support, we block like ninety thousand malware attacks a month. Um, wow. on our client oh, wow. systems using our patrol dog tools. So you could be just being hit, and um, it's based on where you're surfing, how you're surfing, and then maybe if you added OpenDNS to your security stack, you'd be a little safer. Um, or you can leave it, you know, deal with all the notifications. It's, it's a, I've, not, I've not seen this tool yet. It's a brand-new t- function of, open, of a Defender that's available now that I think is probably turned on by default. Or You didn't do it on your own, right? No, you have to turn it on yourself. Oh, so you were poking around? You were poking around, turning things on? <laughs> no, there was some. No, there was something. Uh, I I get this. Oh, you know what it is? I get Google News on my iPhone uh, in the morning. There it was, and it was one of the, it was one of the topics on Google News. It yep. said uh, because they just they just rolled out the new uh, 
you know, the April, what is it called? Yeah. The uh, April edition. Some, some kind of, yeah, yeah the update. And along yep. with that, it was one, uh, you know, control folder access. You gotcha. Know but uh, it, it suggested turning turning that on. So I yeah. tried to have it on for a while. It'll be better security. But I've had trouble with, yeah, I had trouble with Excel. I mean, I've, I couldn't I couldn't save Excel files this morning. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like there was something that got into and it was controlling uh, my Excel files, which is uh, that's kind of that'd be a false not, positive. Not the, yeah, not the not the data, but I couldn't save it. I couldn't save a file. It was it was giving me it said it didn't exist. I knew it was there. Hmm. It was kind of strange. May not be related. It may not be related. It might be something else, but uh, you could always turn off the uh, protection to see if it was related to that switch. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of crazy stuff out there these, yep, these days. There is, and there's ways to protect you. Uh, you're doing the right thing, but I would add OpenDNS to that, and maybe your uh, hits will go down dramatically. I hope they will. OpenDNS, okay, yeah. okay. So just just follow. I, I went out to your your website there yeah. the, uh, on the uh, – you know, the log, uh, I guess it's a step-by-step thing, I guess. Correct. Just, uh, so what does it do? Just change the IP address? You're going to change the IP address of your DNS servers, and that'll give you a safer way to surf the Internet. Great. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, Don. Good, pro- good show. Good Thank show. you. Thank our you. Our, our, our pleasure. It is free, too. Uh, let's go back to more of your calls here, try to get through as many. The lines are jammed up. we got more lines jammed up than <laughs> normal. So let's go to Mark in Northford. Hey, Mark. Hi. Hi, what's up? It's good to have jammed up lines. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be talking about our kids all morning, and that wouldn't be fun. Uh, so I have Frontier Vantage. Yep. And, and uh, for both, you know, the internet and phone. And, yep. uh, and they're lousy. You know, I'm only getting 12 meg on the uh, speed, on yep. the internet speed. Mm-hmm. So. That's max. <laughs> that's max. Wow. And, you know, well, that's what they offer. That's all they give you. Yep. So, mm-hmm. And then uh, the, uh, the phone service is okay unless until the, the router goes down. And the routers is always giving me trouble. So I'm waiting now. I'm right down. I'm down right now. So any, anyway, uh, you were talking about alternative uh, phone systems or, you know, phone yeah. uh, alternatives. And also Internet alternatives. I have um, DirecTV. Do you know? I, I mean, I can check with them. But do you know if they offer uh, Internet service? They might, but it won't be real fast because that'll be satellite speed. Yeah, basically, you have really fast coming down, but you're really slow going up. Yeah, because it uses a landline to communicate out. Uh, but check with them, though, Mark. It wouldn't hurt to at least ask um, to see yeah. if they offer any any better speeds than twelve. Uh, no cable service out there you can get. Well, if I go to Comcast, I'm locked into their high prices. But, I already can, you know. yeah, I hear you. But at least you can just get internet um, only. And yeah. then you could do UMA or something else for your phone line. You would be down again, though, if Comcast is down. In the same way you're down with Frontier being down. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's, we need more options, more choices. And uh, until Pura allows for your municipality there in Northford to, to run some lines if they want to, we're stuck with these two choices. And for some yeah. reason, that seems to be like nobody thinks about that as being the problem. Right. Here in Connecticut, we just like, oh. We're still revolutionary. We only need two internet providers. That's all we need. And let's do net neutrality. We'll solve it all. No. Competition, man. <laughs> we need more no, options. Exactly. I mean, my, my cell phone bill is from Google Project Fi. I pay 20 bucks a month for my cell phone. Uh, that's because of competition. Not be- Thank goodness. Uh, they can't. Thank goodness the cell phone systems are not on our utility poles, or, or we'd all be paying 100 bucks a month for our cell phones. 
Yeah, well, I, I, I'm lucky. As, and I'm an ex-employee of Frontier, so I have a really good discount on my cell service because uh, I used to be at AT&T, and they, they let us, you know, they grandfathered us over yep. uh, as, uh, what do you call it, legacy employees. Sure. Were you hanging the and, lines, uh, Mark, or were you just working in the office? Uh, I was actually, I was a switch tech, um, you know, the, the high, a high, uh, the, the, the large switches in the office, in the central offices. Oh, I got a bit for you was, that we're going to play. You were oh, a switch yeah. flipper? You were a switch flipper? Yeah. Oh, yeah. after we hung up, hang up, I'm going to play a bit for you. You're going to enjoy. Um, and then I, and then I went, sorry, then I went to emergency power equipment because I'm also a mechanic and an electrical kind gotcha. of guy. So, right. but. Um, real quick, yeah. uh, what was the name of that phone? Uh, uh, check out Google Project Fi. Um, it's a great way to get um, your cell service. You have to have a specific phone. It's seamless. You don't even use any SIM cards. And I get to leverage three services. I get to lever- leverage T-Mobile, Nextel, and U.S. Cellular. And uh, I'm paying 20 bucks a month for my phone. Um, yeah, and, this, and I'm paying more than that. And this service sucks here <laughs> I, hear you, mark. I hear you mark so yeah check the alternatives would be cable check your check your satellite folks and see if they can help you out um what do you how do you spell that uma what do you call it uma o-o-m-a uma that's for the home phone okay right. all right mark thanks you're welcome bye thanks bye. for calling bye-bye uh, I wish we could give him more options as far as uh, alternatives. We're going to step out for a quick break, get back to more of your calls. Marty, Steve, and Tom, hang on. This is Computer Talk. And this is in honor of Mark. I want, I want you to hear this, Mark, because you'll, you'll appreciate this as a switch operator for Frontier. We also had to get the phone turned on. I'm at my friend's house. I call the phone company. Can you turn on our telephone? Okay, it's going to be a problem. I figured. <laughs> How? Why? It's just going to be a big nightmare. That's our policy. It's going to be a nightmare. Something about hell on earth. It's different than I thought. I didn't know how it worked, so I asked him, how does that work? Do we have to wait in our home for a few days for the phone people to come out? No, we do it differently now. We can just flip the switch from right here. Great. Can you go ahead and flip it? We're going to flip it next Thursday. Can, can you flip it right now? We're going to flip it Thursday, late, or Friday, or sometime in November. Can you see it from where you're at? Can I come down and flip it? What do I know? I guess there's only one flip switcher and he has a lot to get to. I gotta love Brian Regan. So Mark, you gotta listen to that. You know, you're, you know, you're a switch flipper as, as it were. But uh, thank you for calling. I thought you'd appreciate that. Let's go to your calls. We're gonna go to uh, Marty in East Hartford next. Marty, what's up? Hey, thanks for picking up. Sure. Great show. Thank you. Um... I got a uh, problem with a fax. It's the 4500 model. It's the HP Office Check. Okay. Office Jet 4500 wireless. Yep. It copies and uh, it's it fax, copy, and scan. I can send a fax out, no problem. They receive it, but uh, I can't receive a fax. 
it won't let it receive. I had some people try it, and it's not on it's not on their end. It's on my end. It just won't accept the facts. Any facts at all, or just a couple different types of faxes? <clears throat> well, I can send a fax, no problem. You can send, right? Outbound is okay, but, but I can't receive it. It won't. It won't. It looks like it, it operates like it. It's like it's functioning. It's trying to fax, but they're not, they're just not coming through. No, I understand. On so my end. on your end, um, when I asked you about re- on the receiving, did you try other people, other folks, to send a, a fax to you from other fax machines? What happens sometimes is older fax machines have different handshakes than the newer ones. You know, they make that squawking sound. Yes, and, the older ones used to do that. Yeah, and this one is not maybe not handshaking properly with somebody sending you a fax. And if you ask another person, a whole other entity, to send you a, a fax, you can see if it's maybe them, not you. Go ahead, Bob. I found an article here that says that there's an option in the setup where you have to hit the receive button to actually receive a fax. Oh, gee. But you can set that so that you don't have to hit the receive button. <laughs> so that's it. That's even sillier as far as the answer goes. You got that, Marty? Yeah, that's kind of strange. But I had the older ones were pretty cool like that because it would def- – no, they weren't pretty cool because the older one, you'd have to disconnect the phone and hook up the fax machine to right. it. We, so basically, it could simply it could be you don't have it turned on to automatically receive the fax. I yeah, I do. I do now. On the, this is a different machine, but it just won't come through. And I had someone else try it. It wasn't. It's not coming through. So I think it's broken on the receiving end inside the machine. Well, if you're or able to could send, it be, could it be because I have a landline and because it has when you have uh, uh, voicemail and oh, do you have a DSL service on that line? Yeah. Oh, do you have a filter? Uh yeah. You do have a filter on that line from the DSL yeah. provider. Okay, that should that should be fine then. Um, yeah, but yeah. my the, the people sending the fax says says that it's going right to voicemail, and then on my and then I hear the fax machine trying to kick in, trying to work to receive it, but it's not. It's not doing. It says where it's you know the fax reads it like a call. It reads a caller ID, but it's just not. Hmm. I, I just can't receive them. Well, there is definitely some, uh, I guess, some, within the settings menu, you can mess with the uh, fax speed and error correction. I did that. Uh, and turn those to the lowest speeds. Don't set them as high speed. Set them as the lowest speed. So, again, ow. it could be the sender. I see scan. Um, it just says fax color, fax black and white. There should be a fax settings menu. Um, don't know where it is in this particular model, but it talks about fax speed and error correction mode. And you want to set those to the lowest ones, uh, based on what I'm reading here. Okay, you know what? I can't. I'm trying to. I can't. It does. I don't have the instruction manual for this. Well, that makes it a lot harder, Marty. So you may have to go I'm do that first. The, you know, you have the the button and with self-explanatory. Sure. You you and you go through fax scan yep. copy fax color fax black and white. Here's what I would do though. I. It's, not registering it. It's not showing up what you're saying. I hear you. Go out can and you down. Send me something in the uh, on your website. We can try. Uh, we can try to find the exact model for you. Could uh, it be? Again. Okay, go ahead. We we would find the exact model and then download the manual. But it talks about setting the error correcting and, and speeds to the lowest ones to see if that solves the issue for you. I don't see that on the machine unless it's somewhere because I don't have the owner. I don't have. The I know. Phone. What's the model again? Um. It's the yes, sir. Forty-five HP OfficeJet four five zero zero wireless. We will find the manual for you at least, Marty, and post that. And within it, 
you should look for the ability to slow those faxes down and lower the error correcting, and it might solve the you issue. Want the uh, FPU number? Nope. Serial number? Nope. MAC number? Nope. Okay. Just the model is all I need, and I'll put the link up there for you for the manual. But that's what I've read here that should solve the issue. Uh, you've got the filter on there. Uh, also, if you can test with somebody else, have somebody else send you a fax. Or you could punt faxing altogether and use something called e-faxing, where it turns it into an email. Oh, really? Yeah, check out efax.com. And that'll, they can send it to a phone number. You can use, your, you can use a phone number. And the fax will go to you know, the old-fashioned fax machine, can then handshake to that number, and it'll convert it to an email, and you no longer have to deal with faxes at all that way. Yeah, well, except what do you do when you send it, though? You would do your scan, and you send it an email. Or you can send it out through e-fax as well, if you have to send it to a fax machine. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Check it out. Okay, can you put that on your... Yep. And I, can you please give me your email, I mean, your... The computer talk with tab. yeah, it's the name, the, the name of the show. The name of the show.com, which believe it or not, we're going to make live pretty soon, <laughs> or it's computer talk with tab.com. <laughs> so, the name of the show, computer talk with tab.com. Okay, and when you go in, you go into archive live links, go to live links, not the archive links, archived are from past shows. Okay, so if I go on, the, I got the name of the show, go on live, the live links are right there for you. And then you'll have all this posted. Yes, sir. Okay, excellent. Now, tell me about this phone for twenty-five. Check out Google Project Fi. Um, check out how they operate, how they work. You're going to have to get your uh, a different smartphone, um, what but kind? Uh, the ones they support. They Google Pixel Two, Pixel One. Uh, there's a bunch of Motorola's are on there right. um, that support Android's this service. There. Most it's all Android. Excellent. Yeah, so check it out. Great show. Thanks. Thanks you got a lot, it. Man. You got it, Marty. Bye. 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 All right, let's see if we can get to more of your calls before the top of the hour. We're going to go to Steve in Winstead next. What's up, Steve? Hi, good morning. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. I have a question. Um, I have a PC game that I've played on various computers, and it seems like it plays well after a couple months until the computers just mysteriously crash. Is that because of the PC or the game? Oh, boy, this is why I don't do PC gaming, number one. Um, because it's hard to tell. It could be because you loaded in another piece of software. Um, you could have updated your video driver and it stopped working. Um, could have been a Microsoft be a update. Crash? It could, yeah. Uh, the problem with PC gaming is that your your platform changes constantly um, with updates, whereas a console game is a little more static. They do updates, but they're designed around the games. So you have, I contend you'll have a better result. Now, PC gamers who just use their, their PCs for gaming all the time are, are serious geeks, and they'll deal with the, the crashes that come along. Um, how old is this game? 96. 96? Of course it's crashing. Are you running it on a new machine or an old machine? Um, relatively new. Yeah. So the 96, the, the, the 96 generation game has no idea what it's doing on this brand new computer. <laughs> if I had to guess. Oh, so you might try compatibility mode. Yeah, try it in compatibility mode. That's what, that's what Bob said. In compatibility mode? Try to run your game in space, compatibility mode. Um, to, oh, oh, oh. to try to make it more friendly to the old 96 vintage existence. You follow me? type in compatibility? Yeah, we can put a link as to how to set up compatibility mode on oh, your computer. I don't have a, I don't have a Internet? connection. Oh, boy. You have to go to the library for that one. But we're running out of time, Steve. I'm going to a hard break, but it's most likely the age of your game, bud. And I'm running on a new machine. I want to thank all of you guys for joining us on this Saturday morning. Thank you, Mike, for producing. Stick around. Dr. Alessi's up next. Thank you, Mike G., for posting everything. 
See you next week. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.